Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six and welcome to our Toolkit Depot studio on this Wednesday morning. What a stunning day we have planned for you. 26 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, warming up to 31 tomorrow. And thanks to Frank Agostino and Gary Gibbertson and Matty Seal and Adam Pickering, we are here for Fleet Network. They are WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Save your thousands on your dream car, fleetnetwork.com.au. And as we know, Brad Shepard has been in the house for Scott Cummings, who's in the house for Adam Gilchrist. But anyway, the rotating uh, chair continues because we've got Hammer Brayshaw in the co-pilot seat today. Morning, Hammer. Morning, Goss. It's a bit <laughs> weird. I haven't got to hear the Pearl Jam intro before. I usually <laughs> jump straight into Hammer time. Good to be here. Uh, very good. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what did you do for Melbourne Cup Day yesterday? I was at work yesterday. We had uh, we had an old in the lecture theatre at uh, at the West Coast Eagles. Had a watch of that, and then went upstairs and ha- went upstairs and had a pretty lacklustre lunch. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, but uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, I enjoyed a couple of sliders and some arancini balls, and uh, and was licking my wounds after not getting on high emotion number twenty two. Oh, you l- of course, I should have got on it number twenty two, yeah. and, uh, and just thought oh, I'll leave that one go. It was fifty one to one or whatever it was, and it uh, it ended up running for place. Yeah, it certainly 20. did. Uh, if you back the winner of the Melbourne Cup, but congratulations. To you, we'll talk more about that, of course. Mark Zara, the well, for the best part, most people who are not racing people didn't know that Mark Zara is a West Australian with a lot of family still in WA. Yeah. He's his sisters and brothers and his mum and dad, and he's very much a West Aussie. He went over there, I think, just after Damien Oliver went yep. over. So he's been there a long, long time. It is a great story for him. He probably should have ridden very elegant last year. Um, fantastic. Anyway, he's... Um, in fact, he spoke uh, this morning uh, very briefly to Sam and Simon O'Donnell over there, and he uh, he spoke about his family back in Perth and getting on the phone to them. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's you know, it wasn't obviously the emotion you see when I crossed the line to, to think about winning a Melbourne Cup, and then when I started to talk about my family, like it nearly it choked me up a little bit. You know, I nearly nearly came to tears just thinking of um, where I've come from, and they're all back in uh, in, in, in Western Australia, and. Uh, they usually actually have a bit of a party for Melbourne Cup Day on my big ride, and they all get together, and they didn't yesterday. And I was like, geez, you lose faith pretty quick. <laughs> they were all spread out over over Perth and just doing their own thing. And, um, you know, just to, I just loved As soon as I got to my car, I couldn't wait to ring my mum, dad, my two brothers and my sister. And, uh, you know, just to hear, you know, how they how they went through it. And um, it's just unbelievable. Like, it's such a famous race, you know, and... Even they, they've had people, people calling from school that they haven't heard of in 20 years and get in touch with them. Like, it's just such a famous race. And 
Mark Zara speaking this morning with Simon O'Donnell and Sam Edmund, of course. So well done to Mark Zara, and all of a sudden, WA take ownership of a yeah, Melbourne Cup winner. If you didn't know he was from WA, you certainly would now. Every man and his dog's calling him WA. All right, breaking news. Let's go straight to Melbourne. Alistair Clarkson has arrived for his first day on the job at North Melbourne. Here he is speaking on Fox Sports. There and let's take a listen to Alistair Clarkson, the new Kangaroos coach. Oh, this is Christmas. Jason and myself have gone through a tough, tough four weeks without a doubt. But um, we're pleased that the the terms of reference are, have been stamped by the AFL, and um, we just await for uh, information from the AFL when all that will commence. But. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to the, the chance to contribute to that and um, in the meantime, get on with what we need to do here. Yeah, well, I suppose the advantage for Chris and I is we've been around the game for a long period of time, so uh, it's just a matter, a matter of compartmentalising things and... Um, yeah, obviously the, the investigation will take our, our most significant priority over the over the course of the next you know five or six weeks, however long it takes. Um, in the meantime, we've got a really good team of people. I mean, they've uh, they've they've worked pretty pretty well without me the last four or five weeks, so I'm sure I'll do the same. I'll I'll just come in and out of the program as see fit, but the the number one priority will be to contribute to that investigation. Um, well, that's a, a decision that's been made by the by the club and myself. You know, at the, the minute they are just allegations, and we're uh, we're going to defend ourselves pretty pretty strongly in uh, in the investigation. And um, like anyone in this in this world, um, until the allegations are proven, you should be able to get on and live your life. Yeah, well, we'll work through that with the, with the AFL investigation. But um, you know, all, all all we do know is that there's been. Three or four clubs in the competition over the last um, over the last 20 years. They've been really, really strong clubs, uh, really, really successful clubs, and those clubs have all had magnificent cultures. And Hawthorne's been one of those. So um, I'd be uh, I'd be very, very surprised if we weren't able to put a, a really, really strong case forward that um, that these uh, that these allegations. Um, have been reported in a different way than we saw them when we were at the club. Okay, you're one of the most respected figures in the game. Do you feel like you've been guilty of racist behaviour? Oh, listen, I, I really, I just really want to just get through the investigation with the uh, with the AFL. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a tough four or five weeks for for all of us. Um, and what we do know is that we always had the care of our players uh, right at the highest priority of our football club. What's that? Oh, listen. There's a lot. There's a lot more depth in history to um, to what's transpired, but we'll get a chance in the investigation to, to outline that. So there it is, short and sharp. Alistair Clarkson talking to the assembled media out the front of the North Melbourne Football Club, of course, where he takes over as coach at Arden Street. Thought he handled himself well, and and really nothing he can say. It's just got to be played out. But the terms and references have been put in place. So now we we hope that all parties get a fair hearing and it's handled accordingly. Mm, yeah, very. I mean, tough for him. It's been a, a rough last few weeks for I, I guess him and the whole family and the North Melbourne Footy Club. They thought they had their uh, their 
shining light, their saviour back, and then that was all thrown into uh, into a bit of question. But innocent till proven guilty, let him get on with the job. Yeah, absolutely. So there it is there, the Melbourne media uh, doing their job over there at front and centre, and well done to Alistair Clarkson for facing, I suppose to speak, the media music there this morning. Uh, how did you spend your Melbourne Cup day? Let us know. Of course, 13 12 55, took your depot open line or text the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. And some sad news has come through from the land of the Sydney Swans this morning. Long-time supporter behind the goals at the, I think, northern end of the SCG with his wife and a few others. Kenny Williams, uh, the grey-haired gentleman that many people would know. He's been ill for some time. He did see the grand final. I know it's been a battle for him to to uh, to get there, to watch it. Of course, he was watching from home. But sadly, uh, he has passed away in his early 90s, Kenny Williams. And as we go to the break, we'll hear from Kenny Williams, who was best known, Hammer, for, for leading the charge for the team song and uh, really just used to speak from the heart, one of the most passionate. Uh, he was a um, hydrologist, I think they called him. He used to hydrate the players there you go. <laughs> and trainers and, and give them motivation at, at home-cooked meals for a lot of the visiting players who were coming from interstate. But sad news is that Kenny Williams, mad, passionate Sydney Swans fan, has passed away. It's 11 The minutes. new beauty of Diamond Champs. I love you all. Hammer and Goss in the breakfast chair today, thanks to Fleet Network. Frank Agostino had a big day at the races yesterday with his crew. Nice work. Don't forget, don't ask us. Just get onto fleetnetwork.com.au and you can say thousands on your dream car. Still to come, Dave Eustace, Melbourne Cup winning trainer, Bryce McGain talking cricket, Todd Blanchfield from the Wildcats, and Hayley Miller will be in the studio as well from the Fremantle AFLW team. We'll talk a bit of that after 7.30. But Hammer... Julie Andrews. So you've come in off your own bat for some time just to talk waffle footy and AFLW and, and life and, and, and told me. Just to hang out, really. Yeah, exactly. It? it was fantastic. We loved it and we, we still love it. And now you're a part of the, the furniture filling in for Camo, who was, no, Shep, who was filling in for Camo and then who was filling in for Gilly. And, well, there's one constant, and that's me. Obviously. So everyone, yeah. everyone, well, everyone, thank you. <laughs> everyone knows me. But we need to know you. Yeah, well, that was a little bit of a change-up. Julie Andrews from, yeah. uh, from Eddie Vedder and yeah. the crew. <laughs> no, I didn't mind it. Very true. So, okay, we're just getting now. We know that you've, we, we know a lot about you, but we don't know. So I'm just going to delve into, for the next three or four minutes, I'm just going to ask you a question. So straight off the top of your head. Sure. Where do you sit in the family tree in regards to the boys in age? So rattle off the, the age of the boys. William, 27. Angus, 26. Myself, 24. Andrew, 22. Genuinely in golf. Yep. Line the four brothers up if it's regards to golf. So I have a feeling William doesn't play golf. No, he will plays golf. He's he just he's really been getting into it. Angus is number one. So Angus is off, I think, an eight point or maybe a seven point five. Andrew next off an eight point five. Uh, I have just 
begrudgingly just gone out and out and out. I was winning at one point. Now I'm at 10 point something and just nowhere. So I'll be third. Yeah. <laughs> yep, outstanding. And then uh, and then Will's just getting into the game, but uh, he's off for 15, so okay. he's fourth. Yep. So you all, you all have passion yep. for golf, radio. Big passion for golf, yes. All righty. Um, the next question is uh, coffee of choice. Soy cappuccino. That's my coffee of choice. I, uh, well, play whatever you want there, but if it's a toilet flushing sound, that's apt because that's typically what happens if I don't have soy milk. So I'll be uh, lactose intolerant. So I once thought it was a mindset, but uh, yeah. <laughs> once thought it was a mindset, but uh, turns out it's not. Mark Robinson. Jeez, that's vicious. Yeah, that's that's horrid. Soy, anything soy. Yeah. But Mark Robinson, who yep. sits alongside Jared. Yes. There it is. Yep, there we go. That's what he has when he has the soy. Yeah. Uh, okay, if you were to sit down for your meal. Yep. But you cook it. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to? This is a Scotty Cummings question. Uh, my go-to, if I'm cooking a meal, is home-cooked Mexican. So uh, I will cook. I actually did it at Andrew's place the other night. Had uh, a kilo of beef mince with taco seasoning, a kilo of chicken thigh chopped up with the burrito seasoning, and then avocado, all the works, lettuce, tomato, cheese, wraps, corn chips, salsa. Oh, just fantastic. Okay. Are you a breakfast person? Uh, no. No. Okay. I'm not a breakfast person. All right. If you there's one food that someone put on your t- t- on your plate, mm-hmm. and you what would it be if you pushed it aside? Eggplant. Hate it. Yeah, you like, and me both. It tastes like rubber and it's gross. Yeah, it doesn't get it. it. Yep, well done. My mum, who will be listening, beautiful Vovie. Yep. One day she put eggplant, but some people call it egg fruit, and then it's called something else. What's it Just called? Aubergine. Oh, that. Thank you. Um, I, I reckon one day my mum did it, and she put it on a on a plate for all the yep. kids, and we five kids around the table. But I reckon it might not have been five at the time mm. at home at the time, but it might have been four. And we were sitting around. She put it there and said, "Try this." No. And we sat there in protest. I, I think we might have sat there for a good hour or two after the normal dinner time. Mm. Well, I'm refusing. Rem- yeah, refusing. So Dad used to, it always was growing up in the house, if you don't have it for dinner, you'll have it for breakfast. If you don't have it for breakfast, <laughs> you'll have it for lunch. If you don't have it for lunch, you'll have it for dinner. Anyway, so yeah, quite often that was something disgusting. And eggplant was one of them one time. And I remember having to eat it. And it was just, it's a rubber boot. It's gross. Anyway, uh, to this day, <laughs> again, <yep. laughs> to this day, uh, I just refuse to have it. No matter how it's cooked, presented, it, just throw it in the bin. Very good choice. I don't know if anyone else agrees with us, but let us know. Uh, yeah. 0487736736 or 131255 Talkie Depot open line. Whether you agree, are you in the same boat as we in regards to eggplant, aubergine, egg fruit, call it whatever egg you fruit. like. never heard that before. Yeah, but anyway. All righty. Now, the other thing is, uh, what's your greatest moment? What's been your greatest moment? Now, it doesn't have to be sport related. We'll get to that in a moment. Greatest, what's your greatest moment. Greatest moment. Something you've done. Uh, oh, I will try and steer clear from football. Um, yeah. My greatest moment in 2000 and I want to say that early 2016, maybe the first week of 2016, I summited and hit the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa with my mother. Wow. So we, uh, yeah, I was 18 or 17 at the time. So I was, uh, yep, I remember summiting it in the morning. We got up at 11.30 at night to, to try and catch the sunrise. And by the time we were halfway up the mountain, it was snowing and almost blizzarding and we weren't going to get any sun. But uh, got to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. So I've hit the highest freestanding peak in the world and hit the top of Africa. That's my, that that's my greatest cool. moment. Yeah, there you go. With your mum. With mum, yep. So I had a friend from school who's... One of four, and his mum was uh, an adventure mum, runs an Instagram page for her, and she had taken all the kids when they'd left school to an adventure. So one did Machu Picchu, one did uh, Base Camp of Everest, and then uh, Rainer was next, and he and you always take a friend from school, and he asked me and mum if we wanted to do that, and uh, away we went. You're remarkable. Well done. Yeah. Uh, aside of playing golf, what's your vice? Oh, golf usually is it, uh, but aside from playing 
golf. Yeah, that's it. That is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't mind going down and having a couple of pints with a few of the mates. Very true. Uh, and what sort of car do you drive? I drive a Mazda BT50, 330,000 kilometres and humming along. Not even a quarter of the way done. I'll get it. I'll get it over a million. When when Lex is in the passenger seat, yep. is, is she a good navigator like uh, Sammy? You have to listen to my call, Sammy. Please, yeah. I beg you. <laughs> no, she is. Lex triple is a horrible. Triple oh. caution, stay center. Triple caution, stay center. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Lex is a horrible navigator. Is she really? Yeah, don't want. I mean, sorry, love, but uh, no, she is poor at navigating. I'd much prefer. I've got a pretty good memory. Yeah, give it a nice I've got a pretty good memory in terms of navigating. Mum, mum was very good at it, and I think I've inherited that from her. And uh, I'd just prefer to go somewhere once and not have her tell me where to go because I'm pretty good at remembering. From that. Okay, now last couple for you. Now Lexi is. Uh, Regenerating her media career, of she course, is. Yep. Uh, with Channel Nine, does a great job and uh, mm-hmm. does some reading of the sport on the weekends. But it's uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, has she gone Hollywood? Uh, oh, not honest, yet. Honest, honest. Will not... she be listening now at twenty four past six? She'll be fast asleep. Okay. Yeah. So no, she hasn't gone Hollywood yet. Starting to get there. I is think. that right? Starting to get there. She's had a little. This is her eleventh day of working in a row. Okay. She's. Come home, put the feet up. Oh, cook dinner for me. Do this. <laughs> so she, uh, yeah, she's gone a little bit Hollywood. I'm All famous. All righty. <laughs> uh, and the last couple for you. Who is the spoiled child inside your family? Andrew, definitely. He's the youngest of the bunch, and he. Uh, yeah. Do you want some more time to think about that? No, I don't actually. Thank you, Goss. Will, uh, Will, Will was the trendsetter. He, uh, he figured out what we couldn't, couldn't do, and a lot of it was what we couldn't do. So he, he caught the uh, the brunt of the. Uh, the early discipline, and then Angus and I, middle child syndrome, and uh, and then Andrew was the golden boy. Last one for you. What's the worst thing you've done and been caught for? Oh, the worst thing I've done. That could be family, could be with your mates, could be, you know. What worst thing I've done and done. been caught yeah, for? Yeah, Even, he'd Go back. Go back as a kid. See, I stole a polywaffle from the local food land yep. and put it down the side of my cricket bag. I got caught. Yeah, okay. I haven't stolen. I'm not a stealer. Have you stolen? Nah, I'm not a big. I don't What's like. What's wrong with you? Nah, I don't Life like stealing things. Stealing? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a big stealer. Um, <laughs> he, like, anyway, so that was a good to know. I reckon I was six at Little Athletics. Yeah. At Sandringham Little Athletics. Yeah. And you know the cori- like the the wire sort of barbed wire chicken wire fence. Yeah. I've picked up these rocks and I'm just throwing them at this fence. Anyway, I picked up a rock that was just the perfect size to fit through one of the diamond things and have thrown it as hard as I could at this fence, through the fence, hit a car on the way through, beeped the horn, and I've put a big dent in the window the, uh, in this door of the car and I've just run off and joined the rest of 100 people in the little athletics. Did you think and, uh, you were going to get caught? I certainly thought I was going to get caught. Got away with it for about uh, 15, 20 minutes and then um, and then the head, the, what, what, what do you call him, the head of the little ass, the president or something has come up and uh, and has seen me run away and oh, the, no. guy has, the guy's pulled into the car park, yeah, so I got done. Nice work by you. Yeah, wrecking the car as he's driving past. Fantastic Sammy, stuff. Sammy, you're wrecking the car. <laughs> uh, well done to yeah, There's a bit of getting to know Hammer Brayshaw. He'll be in the chair today and tomorrow. Now, breaking news, someone has called a Sydney radio station. Now, we don't know whether it's April Fool's Day, but because it's not. But it's currently four lions are on the loose. Four lions on the loose at Taronga Zoo. Yeah. Zoo is apparently in lockdown at the moment. And as you mentioned off air, lucky it wasn't... Yeah, lucky it wasn't midday with, you know, a couple of hundred people at the zoo. Imagine that. Imagine that. Anyway, New South Wales police have been called uh, as a precaution. So we don't know. Can we check to see whether the lines are still on the loose? I'd like a line update. Yeah. Just tranquilise them, I would have thought. I would have thought so.
It's tough to kill them these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I mean, you can't You, you can't do that. You can't kill them. But what about the other animals if they get the yeah. lions get into the other cages? Yep. Certainly not a good day to be a zebra, I wouldn't have thought, in the Taronga Zoo. <laughs> 27 past six, we do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Edge, the rated R superstar. Birthdays, events, and some of the oh, great yeah. moments in history. It's on this day. And we are going to race through this. Ken Rosewell is 88 today. Ken Rosewell, for the second consecutive year, the world champion of tennis. Only two points difference between these two tennis immortals after playing for three hours and 45 minutes. I'm just about out of breath. We're just about all out of time. I'm very happy about winning. So here's Ken Rosewell, world champion of tennis, superstar. What was his nickname? No idea. I was not even born. I no, don't no, no, you weren't. No, not in the 70s and the 60s where it dominated. Yeah. Muscles. Muscles. Muscles Rosewell. There you go. He's 88 today. Hey, Jay Black was born on this day in 1938. You might remember this song. Come on. I know that song, yep. Uh, yeah, nice, good stuff. Do you know this one? Bruce Welsh is 81. He's in the shadows. Yeah, wonderful land. Yeah, they used to play a lot of it, so a lot of their stuff's instrumental. Yeah, so, I was waiting for the lyrics there. Yeah, well, don't. Sorry, don't, Bruce. They won't be coming. Uh, so Bruce Welsh, uh, he was born on this day 81 years ago. He's from England. So he was in the shadows and they uh, was backing group for, for Cliff Richard and the like. Best known probably for this piece of music. Yeah. Is that Apache? Yeah, it was. There what they used, they normally play that when uh, there's a delay at the start of a horse race and the, yeah. the racing station will go, let's go to Ascot. Oh, the horse is being reshod. Bang. Play this. There you go. I knew I'd heard it somewhere. <laughs> hey, Brian Poole is also 81 today. Tremolos, right? Yep, there you go. So this is music. A lot of 81-year-olds today. <laughs> yeah, and they're pops too. <laughs> yeah, heaps of them. Uh, so they split. He split in 66 from the Tremolos, and he went out on there his own. Also, on this day, Keith Emerson, well, you'd know this. This is Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yep. This is the instrumental fanfare for the common man, famous for its mm-hmm. sport. Brilliant stuff there. Keith Emerson, he passed away on this day. Uh, sorry, he's born on this day in 44. He died in 2016. Alan Jones, Australian racing car superstar, is 76 today. And we salute the new world champion, Alan Jones. A brilliant season. There is still the last race of the year to come at Watkins Glen in America. But Alan Jones will be able to drive a completely relaxed race there. And he will be able, should he so wishes, to put on a demonstration. 1980 became the first Australian since Jack Brabham in 66 to be the world champion. Is there a movie about that? 
Is that the Rush movie with Chris Hemsworth, or is that am I thinking of a different bloke? I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. I'm not either. a big Formula One guy. Aren't you really? Honest with you, no. You don't like basketball either, do you? No, nah, not a big. Sorry. Do, what, do you, Scotty. Do you like cricket? Love cricket. Do you yeah. like cricket? Do you like golf? Love golf. Love do you cricket. Like footy? Love footy. Do you like soccer? No, no, I don't <laughs> okay. like soccer. Any chance we can get a bloke in that likes all sport next time? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm across all sport. <laughs> no, and no, I don't like it. Very true. Well said. Good Thank answer you. there. Seventy-one today. Lindy Morrison. Come with the uh, go-betweens. We should actually get Maxine Nightingale out of the 6.30 news. Can we get Maxine Nightingale? Because we don't have Maxine Nightingale on this day, November 2nd, but I'll tell you why. It's absolute. And Katie Lang's also her birthday today. She's 61. And, of course, uh, Matt Preston on Matty this day. Preston. Matty Preston, 59 today. There you go. Katy Perry rounding out what's been some tremendous music. It certainly has been. Wow. November 2nd on this day as we go to the break. And I want to make mention too, we're not going to play the audio, but it was on this day in 2007 when a former colleague of mine, Charmaine Dragoon, uh, well, tragically passed in Sydney in 2007. I was reading the sport based here. She was in Sydney at the time and uh, it certainly rocked everyone at Channel 10. So our thoughts are out there with the Dragoon family. Of course, it happened 15 years ago. Our love and best wishes to all of her family. Charmaine Dragoon taken so young at just 29 years of age. Let's get some news away. It's November the 2nd. Happy birthday. for celebrating a birthday. Goss and Hammer in the studio. Good morning. Her birthday today, 1952. She's 70. That was her hit from 76. Mate, tune. That's music, isn't it? You bet you didn't realise you were walking into 6 IX this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> November 2, Tim Gossage and Hammer Brayshaw. And what we do this time, all the time, and look, we're thinking of making some changes to the structure of the show in the new year. And this, this it's fair to say, this is the pre-season of this segment. Hmm. It's a bit of work. On the brink. Yeah, well, I think you're further. I think you're halfway down the cliff, to be honest. (laughs) Well, how about this? Chaos at the Wacker yesterday. Were you keeping an eye on what's going Um, on in the Shield Clash? Unbelievable. Between WA and Queensland, it was absolute chaos. As I mentioned, WA, they finished at stumps, needing 188 runs to win. They're one for six. They dismissed Queensland for 97 after Queensland got WA all out. It's just insanity at the it's moment. Ducks, it's been yeah. quack season. Quack season, hasn't it? Absolutely. Great so, day to be a duck. Our man Bangers, <laughs> he was out for a duck. And uh, at the moment, at the crease, Sammy Whiteman, none for off seven deliveries. Corey Roccaccioli, he's uh, he, coming at third drop two days in a row. He's the nine, he's the 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 nine drop king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's on three, not from 14 deliveries at the moment. Um, but, yeah, Lance Morris was very good with the ball, picking up four wickets. Jolie Paris with three for as well for WA. So, must yeah. Be, uh, must be doing a bit down the way. Oh, got yeah, be, doing a bit. <laughs> well, the bowlers, they the tail wag for us in, um, yeah. in the first innings, didn't Hardy they? So they and didn't, uh, yeah. Richardson. Yeah, Paris, uh, I think Paris even put a few on yeah, for us. So Stecky, he took six for. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Queensland. 
So hopefully it settles down a little bit today and we can get the W. Watch this space. The Nets in basketball in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets, they fired their coach Steve Nash this morning uh, after a disappointing 2-5 and five start. It's been marred by a fair bit of off-court drama, of course, surrounding Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons is struggling as well. Didn't play in the Nets win over the Pacers yesterday and looks set to miss the game against the Chicago Bulls today, which is on at 7.30. So... We might uh, catch up with our man Brooksy, Matt Brooks, who's in Brooklyn yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Good point. Yeah, good point. We should get him on because he's he's across it. He probably uh, yeah, he'll have a very contracts mean nothing these days, don't they? No, no. Steve Nash, superstar. Yes. Yeah, and jumping back to cricket, England has kept their 2020 World Cup hopes alive. A 20-run win over New Zealand at the Gabba yesterday leaves Australia in the balance. We need to really boost our net run rate against Afghanistan yeah, and yeah, rely on other I've results. Never, I've never cheered harder for New Zealand in my life in anything. Simon O'Donnell said this. Have a listen to this one line this morning on Breakfast with Sam Edmund on SEN Melbourne. Sure. Aussies don't look as fit as possible. Our fielding is poor. Fumbles, drop catches, midfields, throwing the ball to the keeper too hard, etc. He's reading a text. We look mentally fatigued. Reading a text. Now listen that's to from me, Matt, off I the think text. that's an interesting text. So when the animals start running the zoo, suddenly things, people aren't working quite as hard as they usually do. Whoa! There's your headline, oh, sen.com.au. Wackity whack whack. whack whack. whack Off the back of the lions running the zoo for Very a little bit in Taronga. So. Oh, look at that. Wow. Today, so isn't Simon it? O'Donnell's quote was simply saying, when you allow the animals to run the zoo, you don't work as hard. That is a whack for Mm -hmm. Andrew McDonald and the Australian Cricket Coaching Group. Mm. Wow. There's a – if SEN is listening right now, there is your headline right there. It doesn't have to come from WA. It is a national headline. One of the greatest all-rounders of all time Mm. as laying down the gauntlet. Can we play that again, please, Mr Maestro? Aussies don't look as fit as possible. Our fielding is poor. Fumbles, drop catches, midfields, throwing the ball to the keeper too hard, etc. Listen to the post. We look mentally fatigued. Mm. That's from me, Matt. Off the I text. think that's an interesting text. So when the animals start running the zoo, suddenly things people aren't working quite as hard as they usually do. <sighs> yeah, that's massive. That's big. Enormous. That's, I like it. He's got it on the front foot. Yep, love it. Sod, sorry. <laughs> that's huge. Let us know what you think. Yeah. 0487 well, I'll, I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. Our WA audience. <laughs> Have we got Tim Payne coming on the show tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. He'll yeah. be he'll be here. Got a book out. Yeah. You've read it, have you? Yep. Good. A lot of it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's um he doesn't miss himself. Yeah, right. He gives himself the right old wackity whack whack, does he? Wackity whack whack. He does. Yeah. Uh yeah, so to speak. Uh anyway, what else you got? Do you want to do a quick <laughs> Champions League wrap? Was that a question? No, because we're going into a Champions League round. <laughs> and Here we go. Stand by, Perth. Unfortunately for me, it is all about Tottenham this morning. They won against Marseille in the 95th minute. Wow. Thanks to this. Gattuzzi trying to keep things moving. We've played the four minutes of added time. This will give Spurs another boost. It will be another step in the right direction. They might be able to finish it off here. Hoybier has been fed by Kane.
I'm really, really annoyed about that. Being an Arsenal man mm. really frustrates <laughs> me whenever Spurs win. But uh, they went from first to third to second to first in Group D just in that game alone. Wow. <laughs> they were all over the shop because they went down at, uh, at halftime, managed to equalise, and then they caught Marseille on the counter there at the end, finishing top. Marseille finished bottom. Eintracht Frankfurt in second. Uh, elsewhere, we saw Atletico Madrid go out. They finished bottom of their group, and uh, that was a huge, huge shock. Barcelona, they beat Victoria Plezento in their Champions League campaign on a high. And Liverpool won 2-0 over Napoli. Uh, it's uh, uh, not, well, no team has more scored more goals in the final 15 minutes of the competition this season. That's exactly what Liverpool did in that game. They scored two in the final 15. Well done, sports update. Thanks to McCafe Blend. It's smooth, rich and roasted in Melbourne. Uh, McCoffee fit for an Aussie winner. Free Maccas coffee for the year. And if you go to the My Maccas app, a break. Good Champions League. Good team effort. By both of you guys out there. Thank Should you. come after seven. Bryce McGain talking all things cricket, and we'll just tighten up that grab from Simon O'Donnell, but we'll play that. Todd mm. Blanchfield from the Wildcats, they're in action tomorrow night. I didn't know they were in action tomorrow night, but apparently they are. Yep. Looks like I'll be there. <laughs> and Harley Miller in the studio talking all things AFLW. And we'll get her tip for who's going to win the flag and yours as well. Yep. Hammer Brayshaw. Let's get a breakaway. Dave Eustace is the co-trainer of the winner of the Melbourne Cup Gold Trip. He'll join us shortly. And thank to everyone who texted in. Hammer, it was Rush. It was about James yeah. Hunt and Nikki Lauder. Yep, there you go. Roy says, great Good 40 movie. minutes of radio. Welcome to the big chair, legendary hammer, eggplant parmigiana are to die for. Roy, uh, yeah. thank you for the compliment, but I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to knock that one back. I've had tempura eggplant before. It's like the Jap- we were talking about Japanese food yesterday. Yeah, we were. The Japanese uh, style do you cooking. Do Japanese food? Love Japanese food. Oh. Probably not tempura eggplant, though. But what about That's a regular good. parmigiana? What about a chicken parmigiana? What if you're vegetarian? Uh, thank you, Roy. Well, then I'm not. So, you know. So. <laughs> what about other people who are? Yeah, well, there you go. Enjoy hey, your eggplant. And that's the way to enjoy parmesan if you're vegetarian. one thing. I've had one. Nah. From a place in Frio. What town is, uh, don't listen to our show? What city? Uh, suburb? Is it Les Moody? <laughs> yeah, Les Moody. Goes nowhere where, near this show. That's where Scotty Cummings is from, right? Yeah. So, so no one from Les Moody. Has even heard of eggplant. <laughs> but not only that, we don't have two types of people listening to our show. Mm-hmm. We don't have Les Moody's. And we don't have vegetables. <laughs> yeah, Guarantee go. that, I reckon. No chance. Hey, 18, we're running way behind time. We're having too much fun. Heading for top of 26 <laughs> degrees, 31 tomorrow. Get in that pool. Skinny dip away, 17 to 7. segment Tim Gossip. Tim Gossip. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So we don't do, we don't delve into the scurrilous. We're not into that. We're yeah. just into stuff that may have floated around on social yep. that not everyone of our of listeners would know. Um yesterday um, this horse won the last race at Flemington, came down the outside. Shelby 66 burst through with Prestani, Zethus and Vespertine from a long way back with Amish Boy. Shelby 66 at the 100. Vespertine coming out after it. Vespertine up to Shelby 66. Vespertine takes the lead and puts them away. Vespertine has won it. Well done, Graham Begg from Shelby 66, Prestani. Then a photo, Nicolini. Yeah, so Vespertine won the last race. There you go. And I was having a look. Look, uh, a mate of mine texted me. In fact, he texted me this morning, and I can tell you exactly when he texted me. He texted me at 3.12 this morning. A. 3.12 a.m. in from Melbourne, so 6.12 Correct. a.m. Melbourne time. Correct. Um, and sent a, uh, a photo of him standing in the um, winner's enclosure at Flemington yesterday. Of course. 
with his wife, two daughters, and one of the daughters' boyfriends who I think plays for Claremont, if I remember. Who's yeah, that? that'll be Callan England. Callan England. Yep. So I'm assuming Callan England goes out with one of the daughters of my mate. Sure. And then they ask a photo with the trophy. And there they are celebrating. Mm-hmm. And the text comes in, Shiraz was scratched, but Vespertine winning the last makes up for it. So Russell Kane, who's a lifelong friend of mine, yep. part-owned the winner of the last race of in Flemington yesterday called Vespertine. Yep. Part-owner. No Didn't t- tell us till yeah. 3.12 this morning. No tip. But it runs a little bit deeper. Oh, okay. Who was sitting in that chair where you were, where you are right now, Monday and Tuesday? Was that Brad Shepard? Yep. Tick, thank you. Co-owner of Vespertine. You're kidding me. Keith Shepard. Wow. Father off. Wow. Brad Shepard's dad mm-hmm. and one of my lifelong good mates co-owned the winner of the last race at Flemington. $10 chance. No tip. You hate to see it. No mention. Nothing, zero, jack squat, diddly, nothing. And you wonder why I I have have falling out with people. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Brian. (laughs) That is... That's just... Ah, you can't do that. Tips, not slips, please. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Good saying. People say, oh, look, I'm back way after. Uh, Who cares? I don't care. I don't care either. Tips, not slips. Come on. Give us your tips, not the after event of it as well. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. So, look, there you go. I was pretty annoyed. Yep. Uh, a bit of other word doing the rounds that the Perth Football Club uh, have Peter German as their new coach, may have recruited a couple of high-profile Subiaco assistant coaches. There you go. In Darren Rumble mm-hmm. and Brad Smith has been linked. Um, apparently the Perth Football Club have signed Luke Jackson's brother. There you go. He's been playing down at, I think, Mount Barker or somewhere. Might be coming back to play in the Waffle. Played a couple of years at East Tremandle. Played about 18 games. He may be coming back to the Waffle as well. And I am hearing that Zach Langdon, I want to reaffirm this, Zach Langdon, the former Tiger who went to GWS and at West Coast, if he doesn't get redrafted anywhere, could also end up at Subiaco. Wow. Much like the Taronga Zoo, there's a few lions on the loose. <laughs> Have a look at that. Anyway, so there you go. There's a bit of Tim Gossip for you this morning. I like it. Uh, thanks for all your texts. We're enjoying it too. Toolkit Depot Studio we are. Thanks to the team at Fleet Network. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Save your thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Gold Trip did this yesterday. Here's Doval Legend presenting and Gold Trip down the outside. Emissary is behind those. Gold Trip moves up, takes the lead from Doval Legend. 250 metres to go. Emissary running on. Gold Trip, 150 metres to go. Wondering about getting tired. Emissary is trying very, very hard. But Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go. A length and a half. Emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Gold Trip wins it. In a real yeah, start. well done to Gold Trip. Of course, Kieran Maher, Dave Eustace. We were hoping to chat with Dave Eustace. We're running out of time there, so we'll pass on that one. Uh, but we can say that Luca from Guildford has picked him up 
50 bucks because he had, uh, in fact, just, just under 40 bucks. $2 straight out because yep. every uh, runner in the race, yep. we put $2 on every horse and someone got there a horse. And there you go, paid $19 something. So well done. Brilliant. Well done, Luca. So Luca picked himself up 40 bucks for nothing in yesterday's uh, race, of course, the Melbourne Cup. Did you, were you in a sweep or anything? Uh, I was, no. I, I missed out on the office sweep. It was sold out very, very early, the $2 and the $5 sweep. Got, t- uh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Two hang, different sweeps. Hang on. A $2 and a $5 sweep at the West Coast Eagles. Yep. That shows where we're at, mate. We're uh, <laughs> we're scraping the bottom at the moment. No, we, uh, we're we obviously responsible, all responsible gamblers and uh, $2 and $5 sweeps, and I missed out on them, unfortunately. But you allow those for the for the the battler. Yeah. You've got to have a you've got to have a twenty dollar sweep. Oh, I'm sure Nizzy had one somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure for the, the executives there might have been a little Ratman in the sweep. <laughs> I'm sure it ran a bit deeper than twenty yeah, bucks yeah. as well. Uh, don't forget, coming up later on the show, we are going to be speaking to, uh, of course, Bryce McGain. Australia's got a lot of work to do if they're going to make the team mm-hmm. uh, make the final, the next stage, the semi-final stage of the World T20 Cup. Todd Blanchfield from the Perth Wildcats will join us, and Hayley Miller will join us in the studio tomorrow's show. We're going to speak to Scott. Roth, a, a wonderful man who's in Perth. Of course, they take on tomorrow night uh, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers take on the Wildcats. Yep. You'll hear all the action on SEN and the <laughs> attached platforms. <laughs> they need to bounce back the Wildcats. Do they ever? Yeah, my goodness. Lost Tammany? Four on the trot. Unbelievable. Uh, and also joining us, Tim Payne, because he has a new book out. We'll be chatting with him as well. It's five to seven. This is Goss and Hammer in the studio. Uh, Scotty Cummings had a very lean day on the punt yesterday, people are asking. Mm, disappointing. Because Simon Miller's superstar Amelia's jewel got beaten for the first time in her career. She flashed home but couldn't quite get the job done as mm. well. And Miller will be listening to us right now and he'll just he'll, he'll be a glass half full. He's a positive type of guy. Are you more of a half full guy than a... I'm a half full guy, yeah, no question. I don't like the half empty mindset. It's pessimistic for me. Yeah. Mm. Are you doing a podcast? I am, yeah. Who are you doing a podcast with? Uh, oh, me and Scoey. I'm jumping on back chat now. So are you really? Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we, just when you said glass half full and glass half empty, I just thought of him straight away. <laughs> he's a negative <laughs> bloke. He's a pretty negative No, he's a lovely fellow. I is love he? Will. I you love like Will? Will? Yeah, I mean, yeah cool. He's a negative bloke, though, isn't he? Oh, he's got, he has some negative tendencies, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Still, he's himself. Yeah, no, nah, he's and he's. Uh, you know what? He's carving out a wonderful yeah, career. Himself. Unapologetically himself, old Will. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Where does he keep his premiership medal? Do you reckon? Couldn't tell you with any certainty. Ask him. I might ask him. Ask him. Do you reckon he wears it? Oh, I would if I want to. So would I. Hundred <laughs> percent. No question. Hundred percent. No, I haven't seen it in the old garage yet. Yeah. So he does it. He does his podcast in the garage. Yeah, he's got it all set up very professionally down there. Actually, it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't mind it. Nah, very not. Where, whereabouts? Oh, where is he? Somewhere in Mount Hawthorne. Oh, he's local. Yeah, he's I local. thought he was in Mandra. Nah, well, I think he was. Was well, he played down there for a year and then he broke his back. But uh, no, I can't remember him living down there. Nah, good stuff. Uh, what's the name of the podcast? Back chat. I broke my back. I know. What do you mean by that? You broke my back is broken. What por- a, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no back chat. Uh, very Come good. On. Back chat for Will Schofield, of course. Uh, good friend of the show. We launched his career right here on SEN. Scott Ingoss in the Toolkit Depot studio. Just remember us on the way down. We will Fleet Network, WA's Novated Leasing Special. Save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.ia. He's a good man and he's uh, carving out a lot of people, a lot of love for Will Schofield on the text line too, let me tell you, right there. The temporary bedshed, 0487 736 736. A break. News just around the corner. Plenty more to come. Another hour of Hammer and Good morning.
17 degrees, heading for a top of 26, 31 tomorrow. Paul on the temperate bedshed text line. Last week, Goss, you had a lady from the World Cricket Cup organising body. She advised that all games started at 7 o'clock at all grounds around the country. So the fans got the same experience. Well, this is simply not true. Games are starting in Brisbane at 6 and Adelaide at 6.30. Noted. Thank you very much, Paul. Last night, England did this. Curran to finish it off. Bowls here, 22 metres from the final ball, of course. They're not getting that. They get one. It'll mean that England will finish the job here and win by 20 runs. Yeah, that's Adam Collins talking on SEN Cricket last night. Yes, they couldn't quite get the 22 off the last ball. Yeah, always tough to get that. I mean, it'll take some serious overthrows and some serious <laughs> running between the wickets. But uh, no, they, uh, unfortunately, the New Zealanders couldn't quite get it done. Hamish Brayshaw in the studio with yours truly, Tim Gossage, on this Wednesday morning. And Bryce McGain is part of the SEN Cricket crew. And uh, he joins us right now. Um, fair to say the Aussies have got to pull something out of their backside or out of their hat, Bryce McGain, in, the, in their next game. Thanks for joining us. Well put, guys. Yeah, well done. Good morning to you too, Hamish. Um, morning, Bryce. Yeah, look, Australia Australia really... Um, the, the impact of their first game where uh, the net run rate was absolutely smacked, and I guess that's tournament play as opposed to little mini-series types games, and I think it will come back to haunt them. I, I'm not sure that they can pick up enough uh, net run rate to catch up on the other two teams that are ahead, which is New Zealand and England. Um, so it, it's going to be a serious challenge uh, against Afghanistan. Now, that, that game happens on Friday uh, at 7 o'clock, um, but Australia needs to do one almighty job to try and catch up some run rate. But uh, I guess you, that, that's where you start, and unfortunately we weren't able to minimise, even though we are going to lose, we weren't able to minimise the damage to our net run rate. So it's, it's going to have an impact, there's no doubt. Yeah, uh, it'd require a 200 plus total, which uh, which hasn't really been seen this uh, this way in the in the tournament. What for um, England to what would England need to get roughly for us to be in with some sort of a sniff? Well, I guess um, the, the game that England have their final game is against uh, Sri Lanka, so Sri Lanka could pull something out at the SCG in conditions that they probably would like where it's a bit slower, it holds up a little bit, their spinners can come into the game. So don't underestimate Sri Lanka actually beating England. Uh, England have all found themselves vulnerable against Ireland as well. So that would be a great result, of course. Um, Australia will probably sit in the clubhouse. Their game is on Friday, on Friday night. I, I suspect that they would um, knock over Afghanistan. And earlier, I would suspect New Zealand would beat Ireland. So that's my form predictor. And then on Saturday night, we see Sri Lanka in England. And Sri Lanka may very well really assist Australia by knocking off England. And the rain could help. Let's hope it buckets down, like like, like rains, like, like flood stuff in Sydney, Bryce. <laughs> well, I heard your weather report there, 31 degrees. Yeah. I got up this morning, it was 7 degrees in Melbourne. It's horrendous. There's more rain. Um, it looks like it's clearing up now down here, but... Just this weather band has just been relentless on the east coast, and there's been a lot of rain around. So you never know; it may come into play on that on the Saturday night as well. Yeah, well, we had uh, we had um, Chris Lynn on the show yesterday, and the and the and Brisbane. And in fact, the most metropolitan area when he had him on in Queensland and Brisbane was underwater yesterday, and that they still produced two games of cricket up there. Just in 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 Australia's way, we've got uh, of course the injuries concerns to mm. hamstrings to stoyness. 
to David and more serious one to the skipper in, uh, of course, Aaron Finch. Steve Smith had this to say in regards to if Finch doesn't play, he'll be captain. Oh, I assume Wadey would take the reins. He's been vice-captain, but um, uh, and I'm sure he'd do a terrific job as well. But, um, you know, I'm there to, to help in any way I, I can. Um, I've obviously got a lot of experience and, yeah, vice-captain, obviously, the test side and have captained before, so look, I'd help in any way that I can. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed the guys that are having their scans um, can get some good news and, and be OK anyway. Matthew Wade, captain in a World Cup. I didn't even know he was vice-captain. Bryce? Yeah, look, he's... Smith, he was right there. He's... um he does have a lot of experience, and he and he would do a, a pretty sound job. And in the wicketkeeper role in a T20 game, you get the angles right and the bowling changes, and you know he, he's pretty astute. So I, I would be comfortable with that situation in him captaining. But difficult for Steve Smith. Um, tough press conference. Um, three guys that he wants to be injured. Uh, he's talking about <laughs> guys they get through. I don't think that was too sincere deep down. But um, well, clearly, look, uh, clearly there's something, clearly there's something going on because there's no way. Cricket Australia would have put Steve Smith up to speak yeah. if he wasn't going to play. Yeah, and I think that's right. So I think there is something there, um, or maybe everyone else was out getting scans and uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> the, the last man left and said, oh, you might as well talk to the press. But look, I, Australia can bring in Steve Smith. They can bring in Cameron Green. And through necessity, it might unlock something pretty amazing. Cameron Green's form at the top of the order was absolutely outstanding, particularly against India, and that was in sort of the lead-up into this World Cup period. So I don't think we lose anything there, and the freedom that he plays with um, could be pretty dynamic. And Steve Smith out there wanting to prove a point and um, take his opportunity with both hands. I, I don't think Australia lose too much should those injuries overcome. And I think Finch is probably the worst one. Um, and he does have a history of hamstrings. And every, after every game, they're on and off planes. Um, and that doesn't help for any sort of recovery either, even if it is just a bit of a twinge. I, I just can't see him really getting up. If, it's, if it is a twinge and he's got to travel and do all those things, it's just going to be so difficult. So the replacements to come in aren't going to be that detrimental, I, I don't think, against uh, mm. Afghanistan on Friday. No, neither do I. I mean, just on Matty Wade as captain, I'm a Hobart Hurricanes man myself, Goss, and uh, he's a skipper there, so I'm sure he'd do a fine job. It's a World Cup, mate. I know, but he'd do a fine job. Now, uh, Bryce, if if these... In, I mean, Finch is obviously going to be a tricky one, and, and Cam Green looks set to come in and, and open the batting, which, uh, <clears throat> off mm. his recent form, I hope he does. If for, you know, if, for the sake of argument, all three injuries get up, is there still a spot for him in the team? I mean... He's had we, – we're crying out by the looks of things for a dynamic player who can bat and bowl and, and give us a real X factor. Um, and just on his recent form, I, I mean, as a spectator, I think it's him, but he's, um, he's obviously not getting a look in. Is there a chance for him to play should all three of these injuries get up? Uh, I think they may look at it. They absolutely will. Um, it's difficult to go into these types of games um, – you know, you're one game away from a potential, you know, semi-final berth, um, and you know, it's probably not the the best time to go in with someone who might be seventy percent fit. Any any of the sort of three of them, so I think they will probably make a change uh, and 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 let him just go for it, and then they can make those decisions. You know, should they get through, because they are relying on net run rate and maybe another result as well. So. Look, I, I don't think that they lose anything from it. And I know that Andrew McDonald will be super calm with all this. And, you know, it, it, they're the cards we have. So we need to play the best ones we can that we have. And 
I think Australia, you know, it's 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 odd that we're in this predicament, mm. but uh, mm. you know, I guess you know we made the bed. We're sort of lying in yep. it right now. Well, funny you should say that. We've played this a little bit earlier, but this was Simon O'Donnell on breakfast this morning alongside Sam Edmund in Melbourne. Have a listen to this, and if this doesn't create a headline, nothing will. So when the animals start running the zoo, suddenly people aren't working quite as hard as they usually do. What do you make of that, Bryce? That's Simon O'Donnell basically pointing the finger at the Australian cricket team right now. And, that, and that's, that's not chasing a headline because that's not normally Simon O'Donnell's shtick. But let me tell you, that is, uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty strong uh, point to be making this morning. Yeah, it's pretty direct, and he's probably, I think, the, the clear interpretation of that is that the players aren't doing the work. They're sort of running the job on what they want, and uh, maybe they're not doing the work. And, you know, Simon's pretty astute at that sort of stuff. He'd be looking at how the players are doing things. I'm sure he'd be, be across how they're training and things like that to be able to make a call. I'm sure that they're preparing as best they can. It's, it's weary. They're travelling. They're doing that this, a few days before games. I think it's probably more on recovery and the workload that they've done leading up into it was pretty hectic. Um, I'm sure things are all pretty monitored, but then when you get three hamstrings, I generally think it would be fatigue rather than not work. But Simon's um, seen it a different way with not work. It is is a home World Cup. Maybe focusing too much on their carbon footprint. Oh, wacky thing! You're opening something there, Hamish. Yeah, exactly right, haven't you? Lean, lean back in the chair. Let them I'll let one through to the keeper. Let that one through to Matty Wade, the next keeper. Hey, good on you, Bryce. Appreciate your time, mate. It's all to do for the Australians. There's so many permutations, and uh, we're all so algorithms and all sorts of stuff have been thrown up. Uh, we'll take uh, keep an eye on that over the next few days. Thanks for joining us. Let's hope the rain does abate over there and we get, get some genuine cricket. But if it doesn't happen over there, we have a sixty thousand seat stadium with beautiful thirty one degrees tomorrow. Yeah, it does sound appealing. Um, we just need to get some more cricket there, don't we? Yeah, that would be nice. Good on you, Good on you Bryce. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bryce. See you, guys. See you, Hamish. SEN a- cricket commentator. Uh, he's very, very good. Very astute is Bryce McGain. And Paul wants to know, why is Hammer a Hurricanes man? Why am I a Hurricanes man? Great question, Paul. I uh, The first game of T20 Big Bash that I watched, I believe uh, season two, the Heat versus the Hurricanes, and the Heat had set the record for the, the highest run rate, highest runs scored in the uh, the BBL, which was 200 and something. And then the Canes came out and chased it down. Ben Hilfenhaus, two <laughs> balls to go, six and a four oh, off the yeah. last two balls. And I, from then, was a Hurricanes man. Darren Sammy. I've got the pleasure of meeting yeah. Darren Sammy here, over here for the World Cup. And uh, what a lovely man. Didn't what he a, have a bit of swagger about him, oh, old Darren Sammy? Oh, yeah. Not a fitter man you'll ever want to see. You've got to be that strong to hold the gold that they wear. Yeah, those I guys. know. 17 past seven. Tearing up the car, building up the heat. Here we come. Wildcats, and don't forget tomorrow's show. We're chatting with Scott Roth from the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, and uh, courtside myself with Andrew Vlahov tomorrow night. Tip-off is at six thirty. I think six thirty or seven thirty. Six thirty. I got that right the first time. I'm well done. To, I'm starting to doubt don't doubt yourself. Yeah, I know. Hey, Todd Blanchfield joins us. Uh, Toddy, appreciate your time. We know you're pressed for time because you got to go in and do some weights. Even the old boys have to press uh, press some uh, bench presses and stuff, mate. What's your what's your, what's your weights of choice on a uh, on a Wednesday morning? Um, I feel like you know it's obviously it varies as to when we play and. You know, when, you know, you know, travel days, obviously, yesterday, and, you know, this morning will be more about mobility and sort of getting moving. Now, we've probably got a pretty good, pretty decent session on court this morning before we play tomorrow. So, yeah, this morning will be a lot of prehab and 
sort of just get the body moving after a yeah, pretty long day of travel and a yeah, pretty obviously pretty disappointing game. Yeah, it was disappointing. More on that in a brief moment. And uh, Tasmania are already in town and they uh, they had a stinker against New Zealand. They're looking to bounce back as well. Uh, just on a personal front, I know I was watching the game the other night. Dizzy, sore ribs. Can you explain what happened with you early doors in that game against United? You went off the court and uh, looked unwell. Yeah, I sort of just was out there. I'd sort of been up and down. I think I had two possessions that I was sort of just dripping in sweat and, yeah, sort of didn't feel too good myself. Came off the court and sat down and, yeah, legs were a little bit shaky and sort of can sort of probably tell by this morning, sort of got a little bit of a croaky voice still at the moment. But, yeah, feeling a little bit better. But at the time, yeah, just a little bit of sickness and, yeah, just didn't feel too good. So just need a little, a couple of minutes. I sort of came, came around, which was nice. Uh, have you done your COVID check, have you, mate? Yeah, we've always that's uh, like the number one number one priority. We've got to just a test just in case, but yeah, I'm all, all clear. So that's I'm good. happy to be able to be here this morning and uh, yeah, obviously, hopefully learn from the uh, a pretty disappointing game. Mm. I mean, I'm sure you don't have COVID, but uh, what's the protocol now? Because in the AFL and in the cricket, it's it seems to be you've got it and it's just all of a sudden deal with it now. So what's the uh, what's your guys' stance on um, on if you if and when someone does test it? We had someone that had uh, actually had it last week, one of our young development players, and he's been away for a week for, for the last seven days. So, to be honest, I haven't actually looked into the protocol because I uh, hopefully don't have to go down that route. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think at this stage, it's probably just it's if, you, if you do test positive, it's pretty similar. Like, stay away until you either until have you no better. symptoms anymore and you, and you feel better, yeah. Todd Blanchfield from the Perth Wildcats. Todd, um, rare air for the Wildcats. Four losses in a row. Um, uh, it's not sitting comfortably with me, and it's probably not sitting comfortably with you, and it's not sitting comfortably with the owners, and it's not sitting comfortably, more importantly, hashtag Red Army. Yeah, I mean, obviously, very disappointing patch and a purple patch at, at that. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating. Obviously, we've had a, it started with a pretty disappointing loss in, in Tasmania, and from then it's kind of just, They've had you know patches of where we've shown we can be really good, and other patches where we've got obviously shown we've been not that good. So yeah, it's something we need. It's it's being addressed, and it needs to you know turn around pretty quickly. But at the same time, we've got a, a pretty good group. Everyone's you know really buying into you know there's nothing more than anyone else wants here than to come away with you know a winning season. And yeah, that starts with one game at a time. And you know obviously we've got a, a home game tomorrow night, and that's I think it's going to be a big a big test because obviously as you said, Tazia. Uh, come up a pretty disappointing loss in New Zealand, so they're going to be pretty hungry coming in here. They've been here for a few days now, and yeah, we've got a pretty quick turnaround, but at the same time, I think that's probably going to be good for us because at the moment, you know, obviously, game in Melbourne wasn't, wasn't, you know, didn't really go to plan, so to be able to get back on the court and, you know, one day of uh, building back up to that, it's going to be nice to be able to come out and hopefully play the way we want to tomorrow night. Yeah, obviously, I mean, I've only been in Perth for a handful of years, but haven't seen the Wildcats, uh, I don't think, go four, uh, zero and four in four games before. Um, bouncing back, coming in front of a home crowd, how much do you lean on leaders and what do you sort of, what do you go to in this sort of, um, this rare air of uh, of form? Um, what do you sort of lean on as a group and as a team and the coaching staff? What, what What's the messaging going into a big game like this? I feel like, you know, it's you've really got to, really got to lean on each other. You know, I don't think it's going to be one person that um, that can really pull us out of this. You know, it's a, it's a team, like obviously the Wildcats are known for their, you know, the way they, they play team defense, the way they, you know, obviously helps we've got someone like Bryce Cotton on our team, but at the same time, it's, 
you know, it's it's going to come down to the five guys on the court, you know, to be able to have the willingness to be able to, you know, make a stand and be able to play defence and then get the ball and run like we want to be able to do. So, you know, it's something we've spoken about and watched a lot on film, but it's got to be something that we implement pretty quick because, you know, these games are racking off pretty quickly and you can't, you know, with only a, it's really not, it's not the season's not that long. So you need to be able to really, you know, really start to start stringing some wins together. Who's the mongrel in the team? Because that's every bit of Wildcats fans are saying we miss a mongrel. We need someone to be throwing themselves around within reason, but to create uh, a mood and a, a, an image that the Wildcats are not going to be pushed around. Have you spoken about getting a bit, rolling the sleeves up and getting a bit dirtier as a team, so to speak? Yeah, for sure. And it's something that it, it needs to happen. You know, we can't get, you know, pushed out of, you know, spots on the floor where we need to, we know we need to be able to catch the ball offensively. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, we have to be able to go to the other end and do that to teams. You know, teams are doing that to us. So, yeah, I feel like, as I said, it's going to come down to doing it as a group. You know, I think it it can be anyone, you know, that's, it has to be somebody that, that mm. does that because we, that's what we that's what we need. And it, you know, it's I think the next stuff you know becomes infectious. You know, once one person starts it and you know starts to get you know the ball rolling, and other guys jump on board with that. And I guess that, yeah, that's when it becomes a snowball effect. But yeah. at the same time, it's got to it's really got to be a, a team thing. You know, there's five guys on the court, and it's really got to be those five guys pulling each other in and being like, look, we've got to make a stand here because as I said, the season not that long and. Before you know it, if you've dropped too many games, you're really starting to fall behind the pack. Yeah, very much so. Well, you've got a chance to redeem yourself tomorrow night against Tasmania. Just quickly, you had the buzzer beater against Phoenix, had the opportunity. How quickly does a professional basketballer like yourself and a man who's had plenty of success and one of our best players move on from that mentally? Uh, do you just sort of go, wow, I would have loved to have hit the shot and won the game? Or do you, you, do you admonish yourself? How do you quickly move on? I mean, yeah, that's obviously in season. That's in with such games with such a in such quick succession. That's sort of got to be your mentality. Obviously, yeah, very disappointing. And I would have, you know, made that shot probably a thousand times during the week in that exact spot. You know, and it's just one of those one of those things that didn't didn't go in. And you know, obviously, I would have loved for it to go in, but sometimes that's just the way it is. But so yeah, they're pretty disappointing. But at the same time, we've got to be able to got to be able to move on and. You know, we got, got to, you know, obviously we're in a bit of a predicament at the moment, so to move on quickly is uh, it's got to be something that's got to continue to happen. Last one, Brady Manick. If, if you wrap your arms around him and said, "Go get him, kid," he's only he's only stepping out into professional basketball for the first time. He's a boy. He's a boy, but he would be feeling the heat right now. Oh, and you know that's the thing with the with uh, team you know, team professional sport. You know, we've all got his back. You know, he does it. Training week in, week out. He has trainings where he's, you know, the best player on the court by far. You know, he's scoring the ball, you know, 10, 12, 14 points in a row. And, you know, he's rebounding the hell out of the ball. So, yeah, there's, you know, he, we know he can do it. You know, obviously, sometimes, you know, as you said, it's his first professional gig. And, you know, that does, you know, there's a the pressure of being the import and something I've never really had to experience in this league. But, you know, I can just imagine, you know, the pressure that comes with it, you know, because it's such a big and such a good league now. So, a lot of people watch it. And you're going to get, you know, the criticism. So yeah, we've all got his back. We're all pushing for his success, and we know he can do it. It's just a, you know, it always turns around. And I'm a big, I love the saying, you know, water always finds its level. And for me, I know that will it will turn around. And when it does, I think we're always going to benefit from it. Thanks for joining us. I know you got to get, get inside. Thanks for joining us. Good luck tomorrow night. We'll be there courtside with SEN calling all the game, all the action alongside Andrew Vlahov. Go well.
Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Todd Blanchfield. Blanchfield. Have you been to a Wildcats game? I have been to a Wildcats game. It's a great, great atmosphere. Yeah, I love the energy. I'm not sure what the bike's name is that gives it the old defence on the side. Neil. Neil. Yeah, geez, doesn't Neil get you up and about? Yeah, he does. My goodness. He, yeah, very, very much so. Uh, and let's hope that can generate onto the court. We're going to get news away. Hayley Miller from the Fremantle Football Club is going to join us. And don't forget the Wildcats action. If you want to get a ticket, ticketdeck.com.au is the place to get them. It's 26 past seven. Let's get some news. Thanks to Maccas. Six away from eight. Hammer and Goss in the SENWA breakfast studio on this Wednesday morning, heading for top of 26.31 tomorrow. Tomorrow's show, Tim Payne, The Price Paid, a story of life, cricket and lessons learned. We'll be chatting with him tomorrow. 26 to eight, that's a weird way to say it. 34 past seven, I would have gone No, with. oh, don't. <laughs> you do, really? No, mate. Oh, I'm taking a piss. Anyway, oh, okay. keep going. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, no worries. He just dropping the magic. Uh, Hayley Miller joins us from the Fremantle Football Club. Uh, their season is over. A, a year of, um, well, mixed, I think mixed is how we would see it, with uh, three wins for the Fremantle Lockers and one draw, and they missed the finals by a bit of a margin. Hayley, thanks for coming in. You've been a wonderful uh, supporter and coming in a couple of times uh, or every second week, and uh, we're here to wrap it up this week. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> we did win on the weekend. Yeah, so it did. Always, you know, it's always nice. Nice to come yep, in well on that. Yes, and Hammer, I'll just let you um, ask Hayley how they do it. Yeah, well, I mean, we uh, we were on the front, uh, the worst end of it at the start of this year. Uh, it, tough season for you guys. I mean, there was games where you had 10 injuries and you had to pull on your top-up players and it was, um, you know, we've been in a similar p- position. But how do you go from the heights of last year to, you know, all the expectations and then, you know, some things just didn't go your way and it was you know, unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, you never go into a season thinking, you know, or want, you know, wanting or thinking it's going to go um, that way. So it was uh, particularly, you know, it's a difficult pill to swallow because you go, no, nah, we, like we're going to build on on last year and a few injuries in pre-season, but you still go, no, we'll, we'll be all right. You, you know, if, you, if your team fall, falls apart after a couple of key injuries, then you're obviously... You know, a good, mm. not a top sort of team, but when you know you get that five, six, seven um, injuries, it does certainly, um, yeah, pay its price. And you know, towards the end of the season, we were pretty light on on the numbers. But you know, it wasn't just the injuries. I think there was a, a few things, um, you know, that that didn't quite go our way in terms of you know the way that we were trying to trying to play. And and when when things aren't going your way, you fall into bad you know habits that would have worked a couple of years ago, and they did. You know, bombing it down down the line long and, and just, you know, play, playing that fast brand of footy, but doesn't work um, with these, and especially the really defensive teams like Collingwood and Geelong, who, you know, we couldn't score at all. Yeah, it certainly does make it a difficult long gone of the days where you can just bomb it down the line. And the game has gone to another level in terms of um, its skill level. In terms of being captain of a team like this, I mean, I've spoken a lot to Emma Swanson about it, and um, she's had to deal with some pretty difficult situations as a captain of a club that's not in a good spot. How, how have you found the differences in your leadership this year when things aren't going the way of the Dockers? Yeah, well, I had a, um, a dream start to my captaincy last season, um, career best season for me. Uh, the team was going really well. We were winning. Um, you know, we went into a hub and that was that was difficult. It had its own challenges, but all in all, it was it was really positive. And, um, and, I, and I knew coming into this season – um, that it probably wasn't going to be as, you know, all sunshine and rainbows and, and really great. So, you know, I was half prepared for that. But, yeah, to come in and, um, you know, under underperform both 
myself um, and the the team as well. Um, it is pretty pretty difficult, and I probably had to, um, I guess, force myself to lean a little bit more on my leadership group, who have been incredible, especially my vice captain Ange um, Ange Stanett, to just you know, shed some of that load. Otherwise, yeah, it does become pretty, pretty overwhelming and you just want to fix everything, but, but you can't. You, there's, there's not one thing that I can do that was going to fix the, the season and how it was going. So it was sort of just leaning on those around me, um, chatting to Trent and, and you know, we, we have our leadership consultants. So there's a lot of people um, just to sort of spread the load along. Yeah, it's a tough thing to do as a as a captain to um to bear the brunt of that. So you've you've done a really good job, and I mean, you said you haven't had your best year personally. You certainly dominated us uh, earlier in the year, so well done there. Um, we've at West Coast, we've obviously had some youth that has played this year, and we've been able to uncover some pretty talented young players. And with your injuries in your team, it's uh, it, there's always opportunity that pops on the end of that. Has any of your you know what young players have stood out for you guys um, this year? Yeah, it's really exciting because you know, you, you, like you said, we. You get all these injuries, and then these girls that may or may not have even played at all. They they may have you know had one one game if they were lucky, or or you know sat on the list and and waited their turn for sort of um, next year. But you know you have a bunch of injuries, and these girls have to play. They don't they don't only just play, but they're playing really key um, roles for us. So um, you know. Girls like Tara Stribley, she's she's tiny. She she knows she needs to put a, get in the gym and and put a put a bit of muscle on. But for her to you know, I'm not sure how many off the top of my head she played, but at least sort of four, five, six games. Yeah, in instead of you know playing one or two, um, you know, if the team was really fit, someone like her that that just that little bit of games experience at the next level playing waffle you can dominate waffle mm. and and come in and and have no impact in AFLW it often takes a little bit of time so you know we'll we'll take some um i guess yeah it, as as much as I'd love to have this season been really good I think it puts us in a in a good set for next year we had um all Lally, so never played any any football <laughs> at all again she was one that we probably wouldn't have played um much and and given her the opportunity to train and learn football but she was thrown in there round one and played all of them until she got injured um so she's trying to learn the game of football um as she goes so you know those girls give them some games experience, give them then a pre-season, knowing what it's like mm. to really work on that and then move forward. Let's get a break away and come back. We want to talk about the teams that are left in the competition. Who do you think is going to uh, figure out of the top eight? Brisbane finished on top, Melbourne, Adelaide, which those three were probably predicted to finish, certainly in that top chunk. But Richmond have surprised you. Long had a good year. Collingwood about the place, the Bulldogs and the Kangaroos. So not a lot of shocks inside there, uh, apart from maybe your four, but we've uh, discussed that. Let's get a break away and come back and talk more about the AFLW season and where to now for the competition. Some ups and the downs of the comp. Hayley Miller is in the studio. And if you have a text, don't forget you can text us 0487 736 on the temperate bedshed line or the Toolkit Depot open line on 13 12 55. This is Hammer and Goss with Hayley Miller from the Fremantle Football Club. Mower man who will be pushing a lawnmower as we speak. A keen listen to SEMWA. I drove past him the other day and he had the pods in. He said, mate, love the show, mate. Love the show. So good on you, mower man. Good on him. Where was he mowing? He was mowing in the Golden Triangle. Of course he was. Just around the corner from my joint. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I'm sure it was it a nice little ride on mower. Uh, no, it was front lawning. No, it wasn't. Gee, it was. well, not wasn't like the Golden Triangle. We're pushing their own lawnmowers. 
Well, he's a mate. Oh, he, he, mate, he was probably a, wasn't his house. Someone paid someone to come and do it. Well, yeah, he's a mower man. That's what yeah. he does for a living. It's his Good job. Up. So he's uh, yeah, so making he, the big bucks in the game. He certainly title. is. Well, why wouldn't you? I say. Uh, Harley Miller <laughs> is in the studio from the Fremantle Football Club. House. We've gone down to the first week of the finals now. Starts on Friday night. Let's go through these. So we've got our top eight. Uh, Melbourne will host Adelaide at. Uh, well, the game will be at Icon Park. Then on the Saturday we've got Brisbane take on Richmond at Metricon. Geelong take on the Kangaroos at GMHBA Stadium. And then on the Sunday, it's Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs at Victoria Park. Straight off the top of your head, who's the best team? I'm going to say Brisbane. Um, from Look, Melbourne's very close. So I'd love for it to be a, a Brisbane-Melbourne grand final because I think that will be a really, nice. really good game. Um, they do play a little bit different styles of football, um, but... In saying that, I think they're both incredibly – they'll be both really competitive with each other. Um, look, surprise packet, you never, you can never sort of discount Adelaide. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about them. Mm. I don't think they're as good as the others, but they just turn up in finals. They all know how to play finals because they played a lot of finals. Um, they're, yeah, their team is stacked with players that have played – have finals mm. experience, yeah. and they may not be your best players, but – Finals experience is something that, yeah, you can't buy. Is Chelsea back yet? No, I That's, don't think that, she is. She, but yeah, she's massive for right. She gets back in. They um, That really elevates them. But I, I agree with you. I think Melbourne and Brisbane are a class above. And then with Randall back in, Adelaide take that next step. But, uh, yeah, she's a big out for them. And let's talk about Richmond. Uh, it's quite, it's oh, yeah. Mon Conti, is, a, oh, is, she not, is she the best player in the comp right now? Oh yeah, take, she's she, she, she one of a few. One of one of yeah. a few. Yeah. Who have they got? Uh, they, so it's Brisbane. They've got Brisbane oh, they've at got, Metricon. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they might lose that one, but then yeah. Metricon's neutral though. It's funny brings Richmond a little bit into it, doesn't mm. it? It's not. Yeah. It's, you know. No, she is a star, Conti. I remember we played her this year, and she had I think twenty four and kicked one goal three or something, and she just she moves so well through yeah. the congestion, and she can use the ball well, and she's quick, and she gets one. Oh, she's difficult to stop. Okay, so we're tipping. Are we tipping Melbourne to beat Adelaide? Yep. Yes. Oh, I am. Okay. Yep. Stacey Pierce, um, she's not a, she's not the most skillful and the most brutal, and she's not very big. But is she still the general? Do you, when you're playing, do you know that she's out there controlling the almost the narrative of the way they're going about their business? Yeah, I think they. She's such a you know spiritual figurehead yeah. for them that. You know, if she's out on the ground, doesn't matter if she's doing anything or not. Um, she could just stand on the ground, and I think um, she would have an impact on on their team. So um, it'll be interesting what happens with with Melbourne and how well they've sort of put their younger leaders. Because well, we know Daisy's off to Geelong to coach um, with the men, so I can't see how that's. Well, she won't. This will be it. Yeah, well, you'd think that this mm. will be it for her her playing. So. You know, for hopefully for Melbourne's sake that they've done that, knowing that she was going to go, that they've done their work with some of their younger mm. leaders because it is going to be a big hole, maybe not so big in terms of actual playing ability um, because, she, well, we know she was an incredible player mm. back in the day, probably has less of an impact um, physically now, a mm. um, little bit slower um, than she possibly used to be. But, she's behind um, the ball. You can see that she's sort yeah. of controlling, isn't she, yeah. the way she's of that quarterback role? Yeah, well, we played them on the weekend and she was very selfless. Every time she got the ball, she'd look to find someone else and yeah. she was very much bringing teammates into the game, which yeah. I think 
as a veteran of the team is uh, is not a bad thing to be yeah. doing. At that yeah, point. She should uh, be very proud of everything she's done for the no game question. on and off the field. Uh, just quickly, Moa Man has hit the text. Can you believe that? Moa Man has hit the text. Good morning. How good is Hamish Brayshaw? Not bad for a bloke that plays footy for East Perth. Sausage, you better not have a day off, otherwise you might get the Tijuana. <laughs> Thank you very much, Moa Man. Oh, man, it didn't take long to get on the yeah, front foot. Whack. Can you whack. I was pumping you up. Yeah. Front runner. Come on. Rightio. So we've got uh, Melbourne beating Adelaide. Do you agree with that too? Yeah, I think they get it. All right. Uh, Brisbane, you're both tipping Brisbane to beat Richmond? Oh, I think so. They're yes. too good across the ground yeah. everywhere. Geelong are hosting the Kangaroos at GMHBA Stadium. Geelong are, um, yeah, they're my roughie to, to go a little bit higher than what people thought they would, purely because they suffocate teams mm. and don't allow them to score how they normally would. And I think uh, the Kangaroos at this year are a little bit shaky in terms of you know their their forward line um, especially and and getting good looks in inside the forward line. If you just bomb it long or you're not really um, methodical in the way you're going forward, um, Geelong just managed to suffocate that. And you know some of their young guns are getting going at the moment. Yeah, uh, Geelong have transformed the way they play footy now. Yeah. And and to your point, if you bomb it in long against them, Meg McDonald just chops yep. it off and they start their ball moving from the back half. They've chipped the ball, they retain the ball, they've gone... I, well, I was looking at a stat the other day, they're plus 20 uncontested marks or something on last year and just move the ball really well and make it hard to score. So unless Jazzy Gunner has 28 and kicks three, I think it'll be yep. pretty hard for North to knock them off. And on Sunday, the the solo game, of course, make or break for Collingwood and the Bulldogs. Who are we tipping there? It's hard. That is, that tough. is a tough one. It's a t- I think uh, Collingwood are a great side. We... We played Bulldogs not long ago, and they they gave us a, a pretty good touch up. But um, oh, I think if Bulldogs all their better players play well, uh, Alice Edmonds has had a really good year in the ruck. Ellie Blackburn dominated on the weekend. Um, I think if their better players play well, I think Bulldogs can knock them off. So I'm going to back that in. Yeah, I'd say Collingwood aren't as good as what they sort of where they sit on the ladder. I think mm. com- compared to if you look at the fixture they had compared to some of the, the rest of the top um, sides or the, the top eight sides, I think they've they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Um, so I do think the way that if Western Bulldogs can get the game on their terms, get a bit of run and, and get Kirsty Lamb and Ellie Blackburn on the end of a few. You, know, you saw Blackburn won the game for them mm. on the weekend. Pretty and impressive. Incredible. Uh, so that's it for you. And we appreciate you coming in. Uh, every couple of weeks, win, lose or draw... Derby week, you came in um, also now, of course, with the season over. Um, now that you're pseudo-unemployed and you're not doing the physio <laughs> stuff, what are you going to do with your life? Not sure yet. Not going to play um, waffle? No, not going to play waffle. Need to get the body right. There's been uh, yeah, a few little niggles and, and things. So, yeah, just have a bit of a break, I reckon, for a while. You're a gun. Absolute superstar. And when's the club champ? Uh, 11th of November, no. next Friday. And who wins that? Turbo, definitely. Really? Kiara Bowers, I think. Yeah. She's okay. had a mammoth she had, year. Yeah. The start of the year, she was a bit quiet, but if you, yeah, the last six games have been Did insane. Did you by any chance catch her stat line from the weekend's game? Uh, well, 34 the, touches, 22 tackles, 184 fantasy, not too bad. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it can play a bit. Hey, thanks for coming in, and, and for the whole year, thank you for coming in. We hope you got as much out of it as we did. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Good on you. Hayley Miller, the captain of the Fremantle Football Club. Break, a break to wrap it up. Just repeating, Tim Payne on the show tomorrow, Scott Roth from the Tassie Jack Jumpers, and don't forget, tomorrow night, uh, 6.30, tip off. Wildcats and Tassie. Been a big show. Hamish Brayshaw has been in the studio and we have had all covered. Tomorrow we do it all again tomorrow. Hamish, you've done well. Yep. Be careful. They always say be careful of the second up.
Second up blues, yeah. yeah. No, that's all right. I'll be like, the, hopefully, like the Jack Jumpers and not have any second up blues. Yeah, you like your AFL career? You know how you play that game? Yeah, well, I didn't need second up blues because I only had one and won one. So tough to have second up blues on 100%, isn't it? 100% winning record. You can't complain about that. Thank you. Tomorrow's show, Scott Roth, the coach of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, against, of course, they take on Wildcats tomorrow. And Tim Payne has a book out, The Price Pay. We're going to be chatting with him on the show. Thanks for your company. Do it again tomorrow. Well done, boys. Catch you tomorrow from six.